Hello everyone, this is You've Got 5 Options, a radio show where we prove that 5 is a magic number. Our experts will give you 5 tips on how to make your private or professional life better. We will solve your life challenge by giving you 5 different options to choose from. And our guests will answer 5 exciting questions while life on Earth. Tune in and feel the magic of five. Hello and welcome to You've Got Five Options show. Today, here, me, Estefania, is the one saying hi to you instead of Marta. And you might find it weird to hear my voice for the first time starting this episode. I'm very happy. I'm very honored to be here for today, starting with You've Got Five Options episode. And the reason why it's not Marta talking to you, it's because it's only going to be me. No, no, I'm kidding. Actually, it's because Marta is the one who's going to be interviewed today. Hello, Marta. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so how do you feel about being on the other side of the seat here? At you got, you've got five options today. It feels really funny. Um, once Anna interviewed me a while back, maybe half a year ago or something like that, uh, that felt weird, but still uh, it was Anna. So it was more like what we used to do at the beginning when it was just the two of us. But for the last more than a year, we are like, almost always having guests. So this is like the level super funny <laughs> to be interviewed by you. Uh, it feels like something completely different, something yeah. fresh and new. Yeah, and it also feels super funny for me to be sitting in your studio at your show interviewing you. But that's how it goes with radio. You can do anything. Anything is possible. But Marta, Let's go into it already. And first of all, I know that all, a lot of the people that is listening to the, this podcast has already heard your voice and has already get to know you a little bit better. But I would like you to anyways have like a formal introduction as a guest today. Who are you? Where are you from? Where are you living? What do you like to do? Yes. So hello, everyone. I am Marta. <laughs> I am uh, a person that wants to help individuals and teams see the silver lining so that they can uh, become the best versions of themselves and get the right things done. And it's important for me to introduce myself from my purpose because this is really who I am. That's who I am as a friend. That's who I am as a mother. That's who I am in my professional life. So it's very, very important for me to be able to to say uh, those words. And uh, I know that you uh, like to ask where people are from. So I am originally from Białystok, Poland. I have been living in Denmark for over 10 years. And uh, I, at the end of last year, I have quit my corporate job after almost 10 years to follow my heart and start my own business, which is called Reach Far More. Reach Far More. So I love this from the beginning because I know that there is so much that we have to learn from you. There's so much I want to learn from you as well. And just from the way you present and introduce yourself from your purpose, this is something that really attracts me personally, because whenever people ask me, say something about yourself, where are you? Like, what, what's up with you? 
I'm a journalist. I'm from Colombia. I blah, blah, blah. This is my name. And I understand that it's so hard to introduce yourself to complete strangers without having to frame yourself from your past, from your history, from your profession. But when you frame, let's say, like, almost frame yourself from your purpose, then you're showing so much about yourself, right? So this is, can you please repeat that phrase of the purpose that you have in life so far or right now? Yeah, it is to help individuals and teams to see the silver lining so that they can become the best versions of themselves and get the right things done. Okay, so I feel like this is a big chunk of something that you need to shred it, shred it like and, and pick make it into smaller pieces to actually understand. So I uh, I know and I've been uh, very closely following your uh, process of um, building up your own company. And this is, it's kind of funny that you call it a company because it is a company, right? And you have to treat it as it is when you want to profit from something. But when you also have a social purpose behind the things you sell and behind the whole idea of making profit, then it becomes a complete uh, different thing, not necessarily what we think about a company. So what it is, what is it, uh, Rich Farmore? What, how do you want to help people achieve that? Yeah, so what is my true passion is working with motivation. That's really something that is what makes a difference for us humans between jumping out of bed and making our dreams come true or hiding them in the closet. And I have always found it natural for myself and I have always been good in motivating people. So whatever roles I was playing in my previous jobs, I could f get a group of people together and uh, naturally I could find ways to find what everyone is good at to bring people together so that we can achieve whatever we are set out to achieve. I have always been able to find that spark in people, put it somehow together and make us achieve something together for the benefit of all. And be the best version of themselves, right? So I want to say something a little bit personal about Marta and, and myself and I, and the way we met, of course, it was through LinkedIn Local, which we have already mentioned before, but it was also interesting because you approached to me and invited me to your program not only with the intention of having me here as another guest for one of your episodes, but also to connect me to the media world here in Aarhus, to Aarhus Global Media, to the place where we're sitting today because you knew I was a journalist. And it reflects what you just said. You kind of saw the sparkle in me or kind of could see through me and see, okay, within my network, who can I connect to Stefania with? how can I make the best out of her and her talents and her passion through my resources? So I think that it completely shows that that's what you like to do. That's what you're good at. That's what you want to also project through your company. But what, what, how was that process of understanding and embracing and realizing that, first of all, there's a huge lack of motivation in a lot of people. There's a need for understanding how to be constantly motivated and also how did you learn about yourself that you were actually talented at finding people's motivation themselves and motivating them? Yeah, that was definitely quite a journey. And it actually from a moment of like, oh, my God, what the heck am I supposed to do with my life? 
until being able to actually tell you those words that I am able to tell you. Uh, it took me probably around two years of dedicated effort of self-discovery and trying out different tools, trying out different techniques, uh, coaching, uh, conscious healing, different uh, ways before I was able to build up on it. It was a process of first discovering like the the killer question is like when you don't know what to do with your life and people ask you, okay, so what are you good at? And you are not able to answer and you are like, oh my God, I have no idea. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's because you're good at many things, right? Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Well, that was the first thing that I have discovered for myself. That was exactly this. When I see a person from the very first few minutes, I can see the potential. I can always see the potential in every single person I meet. So that was my first tipping point. That was exactly this. I see someone, I speak to them, and I just see them with the with these eyes of, wow, this person is really good with this one. Oh, this person shines up through that one. So that was my first discovery. I really see a potential in every single human being. That's great. And you mentioned that it's also a long process, about two years. So I think we're going to have a lot of opportunities to talk about many things that you've uh, mentioned so far, conscious healing, what you want to do, your purpose, motivation. But right now we're sitting here because we want to discuss precisely motivation, what motivation is, how can we find it, where can we find it, how can we grow it as a little plant and, and make it shine and, and thrive as human beings being completely motivated all the time. So let's just um, go into the main question today or into yes. the more the introductory question of our episode that would be what what is motivation? So you can, of course, as with this kind of concepts, you can find so many different definitions. And I like the simplest, most straightforward definition of motivation, which is that's the reason why we do what we do. That's the reason why we behave in a certain way. We take actions. So that's our reason. So you suggested this really catchy and interesting name for this episode, the magic and science of motivation, how do we put together in one single phrase the word magic and the word science? Yeah, because of course motivation is something that is broadly and widely researched. There are so many books about motivation. There are so many studies. And this is an eternal, you know, search for defining and finding out how we humans get motivated and how can we keep on being motivated. And I'm really fascinated by the new approach, how motivation has been changing from carrots and sticks, the motivation 2.0, into motivation 3.0, which is driven out of Definitely not carrots and sticks. So that's the scientific part behind it, which I'm really fascinated uh, by and I really like it. And then there is the magical part, because I believe that sometimes people are motivated despite any science. So even no matter like what you do to them, no matter how many times they get punched by circumstances in life, no matter how bad it goes for them, they are still motivated to every single day stand up and keep on going. And I think that goes beyond that goes into what I like to call uh, magic. Did you meet somebody in this process that inspired you to keep on working on this search for what motivation is and how to encourage people and how to help people to feel constantly motivated? Were there some people in your life that 
made you realize? Yeah, well, um, I think I definitely get inspired by each and every single person I meet. And as I said, seeing potential in every single single person you meet, you get inspired by seeing that. But uh, inspiring in a sense of like to really dig into motivation, I think it's more I have a couple of authors that I could mention, like people who really gave me a big uh, help on that journey, so to speak, without even knowing me. And that would be Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. And his books about uh, finding why and starting with why, that's definitely where I have been digging into much. And whoever is watching us can see that this is the book that I have with me today. And then the second one is Mr. Pink, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Dan- Daniel Pink. He has this book that is called Drive that's uh, describing the motivation 3.0. So that would be the people that I really learned a lot from when it comes to motivation. So Marta has a couple of books, a computer, a notebook. She's very well prepared. And I'm pretty sure you don't even need it because I've talked to you so many times Mm -hmm. about this topic that I know that there's nobody else that can tell all of this from A to Z without having to look at any notes. But yeah, I'm very much looking forward to see what you growth there. So let's move on to learn a little bit more of the details of what motivation is because you mentioned like a broad description and we've been more generally talking about it but there are some components of motivation that you wanted to share with us today. Yes Uh, and those components are actually coming from that book that I have already shown you the drive book and that's the new motivation that's uh, Well, actually, it's not that new when it comes to science, because actually science has already come up with it at least half a century ago. But the business has kind of been, uh, you know, a little bit behind and we have still been seeing a lot of uh, sticks and carrots approach. But I think we can agree that right now, uh, you know, sticks and carrots are not working very well. And especially young people and young millennials, they really, really don't want to work this way anymore. And they are really disrupting that uh, way of looking into motivation. So those three new components, they are the purpose, the autonomy and mastery. These are the three components of the new, newly seen by science motivation. Okay, I can see that there are kind of two lines of approach to uh, all the work you do with Reach Far More. One of them is uh, for businesses, because you're talking about business and how people can develop in teams and make the best out of themselves with like a concrete business purpose. But on the other hand, there is some kind of personal development aspect to it and how and on how to find motivation for yourself, not necessarily within a, a working environment or a labor context. So how do you uh, divide these two and why is it so important to talk about motivation in business? As you are. Yes. So, yes, that's true. I have two legs uh, when it comes to uh, what I do in life. Uh, Or you could even say three legs because there is a third one related to motivation and that's motivational speaking. And that's together with Anna as a part uh, of You've Got Five Options. But for me personally, I call myself as a motivational coach. Uh, or conscious healing facilitator when it comes to individual development and work with individually with people, helping them either to reconnect with their motivation or overcome some blockages which stop them from going full on uh, with their projects, dreams, goals. 
And uh, for businesses, it's because that what I have always been good at finding this uh, common ground for the team, being able to bring each and every single individual and what's best in the individuals and bring it together to the team so that everyone individually and team as a whole can thrive and go get achieve. And that's very important for me and linked to my purpose, the right things. Because okay. it's not about achieving things, but it's about the right things. Okay, the right things for each person, for whatever each person is looking for or whatever makes thrive somebody. I believe that there is a close connection between the right things for each person and the right thing for the team. Uh, and of course, uh, that's not as simple as it sounds. And of course, there are some situations where there are conflicts, but I believe that <laughs> the business is really going there where individuals will be thriving in the team only if they align, if their individual right things align with the team's leaders and companies' right things. Okay, so I want to go back to the components of uh, motivation because you mentioned purpose, autonomy and mastery. Can we expand and elaborate a little bit upon this? Yes, so the most important one for me is purpose. That's the one where uh, I work a lot with both for uh, individuals and for the teams, because I believe we are all purpose driven. And especially those days, we are really not up for doing work, which we feel is meaningless, which doesn't have the value doesn't bring the worth. So we are really looking into what is our purpose. And I believe that being clear on what is our purpose allows us to choose the right place for us to work. If my purpose is aligned with the purpose of the company, I will be much happier there and I will be a much more valuable asset. However, the purpose is born in the place of our brain, which is called limbic brain, which has no capacity for words. So being able to actually put the language onto that purpose is so vital for us as individuals and for the company so that we can match. So that you can match. So, uh, There is something about this, the whole context that we're building up here, because I would really like to talk about conscious healing at some point, although I know we're not going to focus on it, but I think it's a very important part of how to find yourself and your own motivation. So before we go into uh, conscious healing, because I know we need a lot more context for it, uh, how can we uh, also expand on this awakening motivation that you also mentioned you wanted to talk about today? Yes. So um, when it comes to awakening motivation, and I have uh, prepared for myself, for me, whether it will be about awakening motivation or sustaining motivation or dealing with motivation in times of difficulty, there will always be the first stop, realign with your purpose. Because when you are clear on why you're doing things and you have this direction light, it's much easier to do it. So if you feel demotivated, the first thing is to get clear on your purpose. Because purpose is the reason why we do what we do. So if you find your purpose, that's kind of for me like you already mm -hmm. found your motivation uh, for this part. But the other thing is for awakening the purpose is the inspiration. Uh, meet up with inspiring people, listen and read inspiring content. Uh, that's that's a way to motivate yourself, even like from low practical daily basics. But it's also about um, getting yourself 
into high level emotions like gratitude or joy. That's something that helps us reconnect with our motivation. And also take care of yourself. Get out there, go to the nature, run or whatever you like doing. That's very likely to produce the hormones that you need in order to find your motivation back. So this awakening motivation part somehow has a lot of connection with one of the main or one of the the first component of motivation, which is purpose. Yeah. So what about autonomy and mastery? Does this go like after the awakening? Is the awakening just about finding your purpose? And once you have found your purpose, then you can move on to mastery, move on to autonomy. Yeah. So I think it maybe is a little bit of an individual journey. And I think they are so such important components that they are the same important. And um, and I think that you need autonomy in finding purpose, for example. So the autonomy, uh, it's uh, it's really, really interesting. And I would actually like to read a story Absolutely. when it comes to autonomy so that I can uh, explain to you both in a business and individual context why autonomy is important right now in the times we live in. Imagine it's 1995. You sit down with an economist, an accomplished business school professor with a PhD in economics. You say to her, I've got a crystal ball here that can peer 15 years into the future. I'd like to test your forecasting powers. She's skeptical, but she decides to humor you. I'm going to describe two new encyclopedias, one just out, the other to be launched in five years. You have to predict which will be more successful in 2010. Bring it on, she says. The first encyclopedia comes from Microsoft. As you know, Microsoft is already a large and profitable company. And with this year's introduction of Windows 95, it's about to become an an era-defining colossus. Microsoft will fund this encyclopedia. It will pay professional writers and editors to craft articles on thousands of topics. Well-compensated managers will oversee the project to ensure it's completed on budget and on time. Then Microsoft will sell the encyclopedia on CD-ROMs and later online. So that's the first encyclopedia. The second encyclopedia won't come from a company. It will be created by tens of thousands of people who write and edit articles for fun. These hobbyists won't need any special qualifications to participate. And nobody will be paid a dollar or a euro or a yen to write or edit article. Participants will have to contribute their labor, sometimes 20 to 30 hours per week, for free. The encyclopedia itself, which will exist online, will also be free. No charge for anyone who wants to use it. Now you say to the economist, think forward 15 years. According to my crystal ball, in 2010, one of these encyclopedias will be the largest and most popular in the world, and the other will be defunct. Which is which? I guess we all know the answer by now. Yeah, so I think that this is just such an amazing shift in economy that we are seeing right now, that Wikipedia, because that's, of course, what we are talking. And the story, by the way, was uh, from the uh, book that I already introduced before. Uh, This is what it is about. We humans right now, we if we have the purpose and the autonomy to do something, we will much rather do it. We will be willing to give our 20, 30 hours for free rather than be doing sitting and doing something uh, meaningless, valueless, 
for money. That's the shift that we are seeing right now. And to add more to autonomy, why it's so important, I wanted to give you an example of the company Google, which allows their employees uh, every week, one day, the 20% of the time, they can work on whatever they want to work on. So within a company, they get autonomy of one day per week, work on any project with any kind of people they would like to work on. And I would like to tell you which of the Google products have been developed in this autonomy with no project management, with no business cases, just people who get out, get together to work. It's Google News, Google Talks, Google Translate, and okay. that one I am shocked, Gmail. Okay. That uh, that was a guy who had his free time, full autonomy to develop whatever he would like to be developing. So that just shows you how big, how much creativity, how much purpose, how much willingness there can be in people when they are given an autonomy. Of course, that was in the business context. Yeah, I hope this explains why an autonomy is important. Yes, I, I would like also before we move into mastery, um, I guess that there could be a misunderstanding between what autonomy is and what independence is. Uh, would you draw a line between the two concepts? Would you say that there's a big difference between having autonomy and having independence? I'm not sure. You know, I I must admit that I haven't been thinking about it. I guess there is a big degree of independence when we talk about autonomy um, and um, I would not be able to say okay because i guess one of them also has to do with being self-regulated and the and and the ability to make choices so uh, again we're talking about these soft skills uh, for instance decision making how uh, high is your decision making skills and if you can actually deal with that autonomy because some people might not find their purpose or find their courage to be autonomous and actually thrive and be creative and come up with ideas that are billion dollar ideas for companies. Yeah, but uh, well, what I've been reading about was that these they just get uh, 20% of the time they can work mm -hmm. on whatever they would like to. And that doesn't mean that everyone is the huge designer and everyone will come up with Gmail. There will be many people who will be working mm -hmm. with that guy who has the mm -hmm. Gmail idea and they will be coding mm -hmm. or whatever. So it's also autonomy in that sense that you can join the uh, work that fascinates you. Okay, interesting. So now we can move uh, on to mastery. Yeah. What's mastery in motivation? Yes, yeah, so mastery, um, of course, there is a lot to it, uh, but I chose two things uh, to tell you about. So mastery is about being uh, finding something that we love doing enough so that we can be in flow. So that's uh, that's what I gather the most out of it. And just a few words, try to pick a profession in which you enjoy even the most mundane, tedious parts. Then you will always be happy. And that was said by a guy called Will Shorts, who is a puzzle guru. Mm -hmm. So that's really what the mastery is about. If you love the topic, if you want to dig into it, if it gives you as many as possible moments of flow and you want to learn more and you want to learn, learn more, that's what the mastery is about. Yes, there's other, uh, I would say, idiom re very closely related to this one that you mentioned, and it's uh, choose a job you love 
and you won't have to work a day yeah. in your life. It yeah. really reminded me. So I think there's something that a, a lot of people strive for. I think everybody would like to work somewhere where they love the environment, where they love what they are doing. But it's not the case in many cases. Like the majority of people, or I don't know, what would you say, Marta? But from what I see, the common thing is to actually be doing something with a different kind of motivation, right? People are not motivated by their purpose. They're motivated by the money. Could be one example. I'm in this job because it's good money. So since the beginning, we see the motivation is not the purpose. It's something else. And therefore, they are not thriving in their own environment. So how do we get rid of that trap and that cage that we've created for ourselves in which money can be the main motivation and actually say, okay, I'm going to go for the purpose because, of course, You have been going through that process mm. of saying, I'm going to quit my job, my financial instability, get rid of my cage and go for my purpose. So how do you deal with that? So first of all, I wanted to say that we can live our purpose everywhere. And we can definitely live our purpose by working for someone else. And as I say, that's why it's so important to be able to define your purpose, because then you can find the company where your purpose and the company's purpose can be aligned. And then you can thrive in that company. But if we are not even able to voice what that purpose is, and the companies are not voicing what their purpose is, it's so easy to end up in a company where you don't have that much, and you are only working for the money, and then you are trying to find satisfaction elsewhere, because you don't feel it anymore at work. But here again, young people are disrupting that they don't want to work for the money yeah. only and definitely want to be rewarded fairly. It's not like people want to do only things for free. Definitely people want to be rewarded fairly, but it's not enough to have good money anymore for young people. And more and more people just simply feel so unfulfilled and feel this emptiness, feel the longing strong enough yeah. that they are willing to look for something else uh, because they are not... Uh, having their needs satisfied. Yeah, and I guess we could also talk about young people in several ways because you mentioned the millennial generation, mm. which I belong to. And yeah, let's say I am pretty familiar with. But uh, while businesses are taking their time to approach millennials, not only from the working environment perspective, but also from the way they sell to this new generation, There is another even younger generation that is already disrupting even more the mm -hmm. businesses. So we already have sententials mm -hmm. that are profiting, that are earning money and that have capability of spending and also capability of working. So as you said before, the business is way behind than what it's actually going on. So what do these new centennials and millennials are really looking for in a job? From what yeah. you can see. So that's exactly the purpose, the autonomy and the mastery that they are looking for. And as you mentioned, w young people, when they try it out, they go into company and they, they don't find it there. They are starting to build the companies as well. So we are seeing those companies coming up already. There are companies where you don't have to go to the office at all. It's just about you, uh, you communicate with the leadership, you find out what it is that the mutual benefit is, what it is that you are delivering to the company, and you don't have any obligation to be going to anything. You come if you want to. 
So there are already businesses functioning like that. Or maybe there is only one day where uh, where everyone comes to create some community, to create, to have meetings together, to get to see each other. And then the rest of the days you are completely free. To so work. it's a more collaborative. Yeah way of working within yeah. businesses we we start seeing those businesses uh, starting up of course because young people they are not finding uh, what they want in uh, more mature businesses okay would you say that these more mature businesses are mm, receptive of these uh, strategies so let's say we know some are like google is trying to uh, have this kind of an environment that is welcoming uh, young people as well and i think this is very very individual to the company of course and it's not like it's i'm not saying that now everyone wants this and i guess we need different types of businesses for different type of people to thrive it is really about finding the business that you want to find but i think majority of businesses are uh, really uh, that's at least where i read in the literature and see some articles on linkedin and so on that businesses like how do we keep millennials <laughs> and how do we keep centillions yeah. now yeah, yeah, yeah. we're trying we, they are starting to figure out how to keep millennials and <laughs> the yeah. problem is going way beyond yes, right for sure okay yeah. so uh, there is this awakening to motivation that is finding your purpose and there are several ways to do that which ways are there so uh, for me uh, was really like the first thing was really to be able to define my purpose so if if i am awakening okay so maybe we have to mention first there can be several situations in life where you find yourself in need to awaken your motivation and i guess this will depend a little bit so have you suffered maybe from a larger failure and you are really feeling low and you need to kind of uh, find your motivation again? Or are you simply lost and like don't know where which is your career? Like where should you be go? What should you be doing? There are some people that they have a very strong sense of, I want to be a doctor or I want to be an entrepreneur or I want to be an actor. And there are some people who are like, I have no idea what it is that I am supposed to be doing. So depending where you are, in that there could be different things that you need to do in order to find your motivation, to awaken your motivation. One of those is uh, conscious healing. Well, conscious healing, I would say, or at least the way I work with it is more in um, in this place where people either um, have, they, they know what they would like to do, but they have some block blocks on their way like fear, self-doubt, procrastination that are stop stopping them and therefore they are losing a motivation to actually act upon their dreams. That's how conscious healing is very helpful and definitely it can also help if you feel lost and you don't know where you're going because it 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 helps you in a sense of finding yourself back as well and reconnecting with yourself. Before we move on deeper into this motivation topic, which is really interesting, and I really hope that all our uh, listeners are enjoying it as much as I am, can we explain a bit what conscious healing eats itself? Because I, ca I can try to describe it myself, and maybe you can uh, correct me because I'm I not would the love expert. It. Yeah. yeah, I would love it. But as far as I understand, is basically bringing something back from your subconsciousness into your consciousness, right? So make something 
that is deep inside yourself, something that is going on inside your mind and that you don't really realize what it is because it's part of your subconsciousness. Find it and be aware of it. Make it be yourself conscious of why is it that you're feeling this fear? Why is it that the feelings of failure are stopping you from moving on? And then working on it, because, of course, I guess you cannot work on anything that is in your subconsciousness while you're not aware of it. So is that correct, Marta? Yeah, that's also correct. There, There is, of course, a little bit uh, more to it. I would like to say that conscious healing is a methodology uh, developed by Cynthia Lamb. Uh, so the methodology that I use is conscious healing by vibrant freedom. So that's a methodology and a specific process uh, developed by uh, Cynthia Lamb. And uh, that's what I'm kind of trained in, so to speak, uh, to be able to do it with other people. And Cynthia always says, like, I can't explain it. You just, you know, you just have to see if you can trust me and come and try it out. I uh, have a need for being able to explain things. And definitely I try to explain it in the way that it works for me and the way I understand it. And it's definitely about helping people to take out the things from their subconsciousness to their awareness so that they can work with something. Because if you are unaware, if something is in your Mm -hmm. subconsciousness, you have no power over it. You just don't know. As soon as you bring it to your awareness, you actually can do something about it. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is coming back to your uh, self and healing some wounds. Because usually when you have a fear, when you have strong self-doubts or self-worthiness or self-confidence issues or procrastination, that's usually born at some point. And being aware of that point is one great thing and can make wonders. But healing that wound, that's another wonder, so to speak, and then being able to progress from there. Okay, so this is a slowly uh, kind of introducing what we're going to talk about next and is how to sustain that motivation once you find it once you find your purpose which we're talking about it could be a process of years in some cases some people are kind of born with an ingrained purpose and have no let's say i would say have the privilege of knowing what their purpose is seems very early in their lives but whatever point in life it is that a person finds their purpose how can they sustain it Yeah. So what I want to say is what I found out for myself is that we all live our purpose. So it's not like something that we can lose or something that we need to find. It's more about defining it. It's more about reconnecting with it. It's more about realigning, being able to put the words and start taking action that will make you feel now more aligned with it and as if you are walking that path of the purpose. But we are definitely living our purpose, whether we can put words on it or not. So just wanted to uh, start with this one. And uh, the second part uh, is, I would say that I always start with purpose. I always start with why. So whenever there is any doubt or whenever it's difficult, I always come back to, okay, why was it in the first place I wanted to do it? Or, okay, why am I waking up today? What is it that I want to do? So I always come back to it. So 
whatever it could be, it could be that I have a fear of doing something. It could be that I am having a bad day. It could be that whatever, I am not feeling well emotionally. So that's always the first step, finding myself, okay, but why do I want to do it? That always helps me so much to be able to come back to this crucial, you know, point. I like that phrasing too, because it's why do I want to do this? Not why should I, why any other phrasing is why do I want to do this? Yeah, and that's a really good point because in having a good life, that's one of the first habits to drop. Start saying what I should, have to and must do. You I really believe we have a free will choice. And as soon as we drop all the shoulds, coulds, no, could is, could is all right. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> but, right there. Yeah, but this uh, <laughs> must and have to, it makes a huge difference. And even before I came to the place where I could uh, quit my job, having that shift of uh, like, oh, why the, why the hell do I need to go to this work to I choose to go there here again. I cho- That's my cho- choice. I could stay home. No one can come and drag me to the office and make me force me go there. It is my choice each and every single day. So well spot on. Mm -hmm. And that's really important that feeling of free will choice, no matter what it is that we are doing right now. Every day we choose every single moment we choose what we do. Okay, so we can move on into how to sustain it. We had a second part for it. Yes. So then of course, it's great to have a vision strategy and then a plan. Depending where you are, visions are powerful because by having a vision, we can put ourselves into that world that we want to have. And by imagining ourselves of where we want to be, we produce that energy around ourselves that will help us, first of all, for some of us who believe it, attract it. For other of us, it will simply lift our spirit so that we are in a better place and more motivated so that we can take action. Towards yeah. it. I guess that uh, when you say for those of us who believe in it, the it in that phrase is the power of attraction. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for people who believe in power of attraction. Yeah. For me, to be honest, it's the same thing, uh, whether we believe that we are attracting something to us or whether we by vision put ourselves in a better mood so that we can take take action in order to get it. That's for me two sides of the same coin. And it is just Mm. languaging that will speak better to one person or to the other. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And uh, so that's definitely having that vision and being uh, able to imagine yourself where you're going. I find it very inspiring and like, you know, waking up on that day when you are completely demotivated and don't want to do anything, being able to recall that vision lift yourself up into the mood of that where you want to be going that can be quite powerful for ourselves having a strategy Mm -hmm. on how we want to get there and a specific action plan that's already uh, you know being very advanced in the process of sustaining your everyday actions so that you can keep on being motivated because you know where you're going you know why you're going there and then you set out for yourself how you're gonna get there Okay, the main problem is when when you don't still know what is it that you want to do, then how do you envision it? I want to ask a question before you move into mm-hmm. the next one, is uh, how far should you envision it in the future? Is it, uh, should you envision yourself 
three months from now, two weeks from now, or it basically depends on your own circumstances. Because I know this exercise, if you want a job, if you're going through a job uh, process, recruitment process, then they say, okay, you should see yourself, close your eyes and picture yourself in that office and see yourself being there at 8 a.m. and working on it. Like put a picture in your mind. I know the envisioning concept, but how far should you envision yourself or or, or is it recommendable for you to envision yourself in order to stay motivated? So I say when I work with uh, people on that part, I usually tell them, uh, depending on who I'm talking to, but I usually say in one year, three Mm -hmm. years or five, depending on where people are in their individual journey. I give them different perspective of time, but it's never less than one year when it comes to finding, you know, defining your purpose and being able to motivate yourself to keep on going towards something. Vision is more long term. And then strategy is how you will get yourself to that vision. You know, what will be your strategic approach? And then plan is more short term. Okay, so how do we go from vision one year at least, one year from now at least, to strategy? Yeah, so basically uh, vision is, for me at least, that's a picture. That's how you see yourself in the future. So that's the vision. And strategy is more concrete of uh, your picture of or your way of getting to that picture and then the action plan. And some people some people, they love the strategic approach and they want to have a strategy for themselves. Other people prefer, prefer to have a mission. Other people, they want to have a plan. So they call it long-term plan and short-term plan. So that's sometimes also the wording that people use into how they want to get yourself to the vision. Okay, so we see the vision as the picture, the strategy as the way towards that picture and the plan, I guess, as the steps. As the steps, yeah. Okay, the small steps you take every day. Okay, so there's something very interesting about motivation and it's that it's really good when you already have it. It's really uh, positive when you already know exactly where you want to be, when you can picture yourself in a year or two or or more even. But what about all of these um, mental health issues that we're going through all of these i would say sometimes lack of emotional intelligence uh, where people feel trapped into a depressive mood everybody has bad days right everybody has days in which they don't really want to go anywhere they don't want to but some people actually have long periods of their life lives in which they their mood remains like this so once you go down deep down a path in which you're really not feeling well. How do you climb up back to a point in which you can find motivation again? So for me, that's that's then totally that place where you first take care of healing. So that's where like, if you're physically sick, you know, or if your legs are broken, you're not running. No one is telling you, you have your two legs broken right now, find your motivation to start running, right? No one is telling this. And this kind of disorders that you mentioned, where it's something that is going on for a few months, that's not a bad day (laughs) that Mm -hmm. we are talking about depression, we are talking about severe anxiety Mm -hmm. or severe stress. Then the first thing that you need to do, you have to heal it. You have Mm -hmm. to be 
honest with yourself that is actually your soul, your emotions, your mental state is suffering. And that's mm -hmm. the first thing that you need to do in order to be able to start talking about motivating yourself towards mm -hmm. goals or visions and so on. Although vision could be useful here as well, okay. if you are able to master because because I also see there is kind of a misunderstanding or kind of a mistake on people when they see somebody that is going through a very difficult time in their lives and they say just find yourself some motivation just find yourself something to do you just need to get a job and and get your life ongoing so you can get out of there but they don't realize that such as in the broken legs example there's something first to heal so it's here with, uh, where uh, conscious healing appears. Yes, yeah, so this is where definitely it has to be the right methodology for the disease, so to speak, and for the person or conscious healing will be wonderful for some people. Uh, other people will need more like when we are talking depression, other people will need actually physical medication. That's, uh, that's something that they will go after as the first thing to be able to heal themselves. So Here again, depending on the severity of the state you are in and also what is your personal preference. I know that many people who ha who come to conscious healing are the ones that have tried uh, standard um, therapies for many mm -hmm. years and mm -hmm. they did not find the resolution for themselves. So these are people who already went through a lot of healing in that sense and then came to the place okay now I am so aware of all these different things because I have worked uh, with it for years with my psychologist or my therapist but I don't find the resolution mm -hmm. I don't find uh, the actual place where I can feel healed so that I can move on so I see people coming with that kind of things for example to conscious healing but it's uh, it's so individual Okay, so healing, finding your purpose, envisioning yourself, creating a strategy and taking the steps. That would be like a, an, an abstract of the steps to take, which sounds really easy to do, but it's probably not at all. Yeah, and I would say that also it's very important about the right size of the mm -hmm. steps because sometimes we are lost in not being able to make the right size steps. So sometimes we... Uh, make a plan for ourselves which is so completely out of our comfort zone or the place where we are at right now that it sends us straight to the panic zone and mm -hmm. then we don't do anything in you know at all you're back to we, zero yeah you're back to zero because we are simply not able and maybe that's the thing when you are in a worst period if you're in your life maybe your steps will be like really 10 centimeter steps per day rather than 100 meter you know throws so that's that's also about the right size if you are in a great place and you are full of energy maybe you need like really big action points because else you're going to be bored and you're not going to be able to progress either so it's very much about finding the right size steps for you and for where you are right now in this moment. And from your personal experience, both uh, from your life and from your work with Reach Far More, what's the most challenging thing about finding your purpose to begin to have that motivation in your life? The most challenging part, and, and here again, it's uh, it's so individual because some people, they feel it so strongly and they are so mm -hmm. reconnected with it that they are like, there's nothing. 
difficult for them in finding their purpose. It's difficult really for them to act upon their purpose. Mm -hmm. They really know what it is, but they are dealing, for example, with severe uh, procrastination Mm -hmm. because they know their purpose. They have a sense of their potential and they have fear of failure that Mm -hmm. is making them procrastinate on that purpose. So these people will have no problem with finding their purpose. They will have the problem to Mm -hmm. take actions on their purpose. And other people, they were like, I have no idea. I tried 10 different things. I had 10 different types of jobs. And I just find myself every two years, I just find myself in the same place. Uh, It's just a boss with a different face. And I have no idea where to go. And for these people, I uh, have a number of tools that really work. And one specific methodology that I really find is amazing. It is actually Simon Sinek's methodology, which is finding your purpose in your stories. In your stories. Yeah. Okay, so it also has to do a little bit with the storytelling that we discussed in a different episode. Yeah, it is because, like I've mentioned, we are living our purpose. It's not like there is anyone that is absolutely not having a clue. We are living our purpose. We just can feel disconnected from it or we can have a really big problem with putting it into words. But when we tell stories from our lives, specific, important for ourselves stories, that's the place where we can actually extract the words so that we can put them into that purpose for ourselves. So that would be the first thing. And then, okay, you can put this kind of uh, phrase like I put for myself. Then the next step is like, okay, so what will I be bringing to life uh, with my purpose? And then how will I Mm. be bringing my purpose to life? So that would be why? Then what and then how? Yeah. Or according to Simon, it's actually uh, why, how and what. Why, how and what. Okay, that's an interesting book then to read. Yeah, definitely. I really recommend it to everyone. But I really believe that that's one of the most uh, like reasonable and really working ways of finding your purpose. You find it in your own stories and have have someone who can help you. Uh, extract because if you tell your own stories you are too much into them so you need someone from the outside to be able to extract those phrases and help you put it into one sentence and then you get that sentence that make your uh, make you have goosebumps or your uh, hair stand and then you know that you have found the one okay that's a good uh, practical tip which i was going to ask you is there any practical tips is there anything else that you could add to these practicalities for people to for finding purpose? Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. F- uh, what really helped me a lot also was following the joy, meaning mm-hmm. that I believe that we live through our purpose when we follow these little moments of joy so that we can find our passion. Because when we use our passion in order to serve others, that's when we are living aligned with our purpose. Mm, that's beautiful. That's very beautiful. Just uh, the, the the idea of service to others. And yeah. it's also very aligned with uh, your idea of collaboration and the Wikipedia example, how collaborative uh, strategies or systems or yeah approaches are a lot more productive because they lift up people, they lift up people's yeah. souls in a way. Yeah, that's, that's the very important part because the purpose is like, of course, what's your personal purpose, but only when we use our passion to serve others is when we live fulfilled in this uh, planet Earth. <laughs> okay, but to follow the joy, I guess you first have to understand what joy is 
and understand your body and your body signals when do I feel joyful? What is exactly joy for me? This is a lot to do with emotional intelligence, all of this. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, uh, like I really was that person that was completely lost. Like I found myself in a place like I have no idea where to go. Like I know that mm-hmm. what I'm doing right now is not what I want to be doing for the next 40 years, but I have no idea where to go instead. And then I found this of following joy. and. W- It really had like practical tips, like observe your body language. If you are sitting, uh, you know, like this, that's not when you're experiencing joy. But if you find yourself suddenly standing up, you know, your body posture change, you start maybe making some gestures, you know, you start your voice raises up, you start being really excited about something. That's where you are capturing yourself in these little moments of joy. So I literally I was like, okay, so I need to catch myself in a moment where my body posture changes, and I start gesturing and my voice raises. <laughs> I mean, this you you literally can start from something as practical as this kind of mm-hmm. tips in order if you are like nowhere like if you feel yourself like i have no idea where to go okay marta this has been a really insightful conversation with you and i think we're very close to the end but before we reach to that final uh, denny's telling us two minutes where we have to cut is there something else you had prepared for us today that i haven't asked you so far Yes. So I wanted to say we talked a little bit about that time when it's really bad for you, when you are like in a really bad place. But we haven't talked about when you are in a bad day place. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to tell a little bit about finding your motivation in that place where you have a bad day. And that is, again, of course, look at your purpose, at the reason why you are doing what you're doing. But it's also take care of your emotions. So if you Uh, wake up and you feel shitty, you know, okay, what does it mean that I feel shitty? And how can I work with it? So you can write about it. And then you can, for example, burn it. Uh, You can go for a walk into the nature or for the run to transform the energy into something more positive. You can do something creative, because being creative is also something that helps us transform the energy. Um, So I just wanted to tell you that when you are in a moment of feeling bad and you have something important to do, there is one phrase that really works for me and maybe it can work at least for one of our listeners. What I do is I tell myself, I hear you and we are going to do it anyway. I know it's funny that I talk to myself in the mm-hmm. uh, like uh, language of we, but I guess it is because I am a people's person and mm-hmm. often have been working with other people and with teams. But I really tell myself emotions are important. I acknowledge them and I'm going to do this anyway. So hopefully that can be like a little something people can try for I'm themselves. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Thank you, Marta, for all your insights, for allowing me to interview you in your own set. Thank and you. I hope you felt comfortable enough with yes, this I did. conversation. Thank you. Thanks yeah. a lot, Estefania. Uh, Marta, where can people find uh, more about Reach Far More and about the work that you're doing right now in Denmark? Yes, so of course, uh, reachfarmore.com. But Great. also at you've got five options or the five options.com or in the show notes if you are listening to it in a podcast. Uh, That's where you can find more information. Okay, so that would be all for this amazing episode, The Magic and the Science of Motivation. 
And I guess we'll hear each other in a new episode of You've Got Five Options, Marta. Thank, thank you, you very much. Bye. And thank you, Denise. Goodbye. You are listening to You've Got Five Options radio show, where we hopefully convinced you that five indeed is a magic number. To catch up with our previous programs, apply to be our guest, send us your life challenge, or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website, the5options.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks! <laughs>